Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Podcast, and uh, of course, that is the show put on by themainland.com, which is a website over at SB Nation that covers Orlando City, the Orlando Pride, OCB, and all things soccer-related in the city. Beautiful. I'm Michael Citro. I'm the founder and managing editor of said Mainland, and uh, joining me, as always, up in Tallahassee, David Rowe. Dave, how are you this week? I'm doing well. Uh, you know, it's. Uh... We're already a good way through February. This whole time moving normal thing, as I said before, it's just it still weirds me out. Um, it, it, it feels like maybe even you and I tonight are going to go quicker than usual. Oh, how prophetic you may be. Uh, all right, so there's news, and we said we would come back and talk about whether or not there's going to be a season, whether or not there's going to be a lockout, and uh, it looks like lockout averted uh, late last week. Dave, the... Um, the two sides were close enough to where they they pushed it for 24 hours uh, to you know cross all the T's, dot all the I's, and in the end, MLSPA and Major League Soccer came to an agreement, and basically the agreement was that um, you're going to take what we give you because <laughs> we're Major League Soccer. Um, not quite that badly, but uh, yeah, there was a lot of leverage brought to bear by the league. Uh, it's a seven-year deal. And, uh, of course, it's worth probably the papers written on uh, in the middle of a pandemic. But, uh, you know, at least there's no lockout. The uh, agreement was in place. I thought it was interesting if you go to the MLS website, you can read uh, the story with all the details. And it was interesting. They gave year by year. I don't think we've ever seen this before. Year by year, the allocation money uh, uh, amounts that were going to be given to each team, uh, which I, I thought was interesting. We I don't think we've seen that before, to my knowledge. No, I don't think we have. And it's, um, you're right. The, uh, uh, MLS, uh, owners pretty much got, uh, everything that they wanted and doled out a couple little, uh, things to the players association and, and there you have it, but we have soccer and those guys continue to get paid. albeit uh, maybe with a little less, uh, th- I think they had a little less leverage than they hoped that they would have. Yeah. And you know, the, the players got some of the things they wanted uh, in terms of 100% of their salary this year, uh, some some free agency kind of stuff. But um, you know, all the details are uh, at MLSsoccer.com. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll just briefly touch on the salary budget information, which uh, for 2021 the team's salary budget will be 4.9 million dollars. That goes up the last year of this contract in 2027. Uh, the salary budget seven million dollars, Dave. So uh, an infusion of uh, you know I'm not a mathematician, but that's just over two point one million dollars more in year seven than in in year one of this deal. 
Yeah, and you know that's that's not nothing. Um, you know, I think one of the things that happened if you if you like you said it's a it's a long term deal. If you figure some of these guys that are signing on to this deal right now may or may not be in MLS or may or may not even be playing soccer by the time it's time to renegotiate this thing. Well, based on the the average length of a career of a professional sports player, yes, that's uh, that's certainly true. Uh, general allocation money will be one and a half million, just over one and a half million dollars in 2021. It goes all the way up to 3.9 million plus in 2027. Discretionary TAM will drop from 2.8 million in 2021 just to just over two million. Not a huge drop uh, over the seven years. So I think there's. There's going to be some changes to the way uh, teams structure. They're going to be able to spend more money on players. They're going to, of course, be able to exceed their available spend on roster with designated players. And there'll be some forms of relief in terms of buying young players. Uh, you know, So I, I think there's going to be some interesting uh, things come out of this CBA, as long as there's not another force majeure uh <laughs> invoked and uh, we'll see how it goes but uh the 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 big screaming headline obviously is no lockout and the teams uh can prepare for the season it from what we're hearing from what all the the reporters uh, on twitter were saying uh the day that this was ratified uh was that we're going to probably see a little bit of a delay they wanted to originally get uh, camps started february 22nd it looks like that's probably going to happen in the beginning of March now and uh, maybe a pushback of the start of the season by about a week or so. So not a, a lot, uh, but you know, these, these negotiations did uh, kind of put a halt to some of the other preparation for the season. So, um, you know, just a little bit of a delay, but we will have soccer in 2021. It looks like. And that's all that we really, you know, as, as supporters and fans and people who cover this sport, that's about all that we could really hope for. Um, it's, you know, certainly more than we got uh, after two games last year. So, indeed. Now, uh, the the cool thing about that is that, you know, players are being signed, including players are being signed by Orlando City, and of course, the the one thing that this organization does well is find diamonds in the rough players that can come in and uh you know very little uh risk involved you know bring them in on a loan with an option to buy and once again uh Luis Muzi uh magic happens as the lions have gone out and got themselves a left back uh by the name of Jonathan Suarez he does not need a uh an international slot and Suarez comes in. He, he's played for Pumas in, in Liga MX, mostly for the B team. Uh, so second-tier Mexican player uh, coming in probably translates to, you know, MLS level. And also uh, the good thing here is that uh, this was an area of huge need for Orlando City with Jao Moutinho's uh, hip surgery, uh, keeping him out for a good chunk of the season. Now you've got a left back on this, uh, on this squad who's actually left-footed. Yeah, and it's uh, it's just like uh, Muzi and company to go out and find somebody like this that checks a bunch of the boxes. Um, you know, like you said, on loan, option to buy, uh, fills a need, not necessarily a big name. Uh, and then for Oscar Pereja, you know, he's versatile. Um, you know, once Moutinho's back, uh, Suarez can play central midfield. Uh, you know, he can be a winger. Uh, so 
it uh, it's the exactly the type of signing we've ex- come to expect from the front office, and exactly the type that I think Oscar Pereja uh, was looking for. Yes, he can play in those positions, but if he does, it means bad things have happened to Orlando City because uh, yes, there's a true. whole plethora of defensive midfielders on this team that would have to be out for that to happen. Uh, Sebas Mendez, uh, Junior Urso, Uri Rossell, I mean, uh, Andres Perea, and also, you know, I don't even want to think about him playing on the wing. Um, but uh, he can play wing-back position. He can play um, a, a traditional fullback spot. And uh, But the important thing is this was an area of need, and it's been addressed not sure if it's the last we'll hear about uh, this because I'm I'm sure that the while you know the Orlando City technical staff believe in Suarez believe he can come in and do the job um, you know the, again this is a little bit of a jump in in competition level and you know they may want some insurance there yeah and uh, you know it's. Obviously, there's depth needed there because, you know, we're literally bringing him in to fill in for somebody that's not going to be there for injury. So, you know, if something happens to Suarez, well, then, you know, we're back to Kyle Smith. And I love Kyle Smith. But once again, having a left-footed player over there was is better than not. So I, I think you're right. We're, we're not done seeing, uh, you know, the moves and the signings. Yeah, I think so. And, and it's, um, you know, it's, it's good. This is a, a player who is uh, – had a little bit of international experience with the U.S. setup in the youth system. He played um, with the U-20 U.S. men's national team um, in 2017. So this is a player that's kind of um, a little bit of an unknown, but um, a quality player and a player that obviously Luis Muzi has identified as a, as a guy who can come in and contribute uh, in an area of need. So uh, that's good, and it obviously fits the profile. Young player. Um, not a high risk. You don't have to keep him if he doesn't work out. And uh, if he does work out, you can uh, go ahead and make that a, a permanent purchase. So, uh, you know, that's one area of need that can be kind of a little bit crossed off the list. Uh, but if they add uh, one more fullback, you know, that's not going to hurt uh, either. Uh, but we'll see how it goes. We, we're running out of off-season now suddenly. <laughs> um, right. Of course, the hot rumor, as uh, as you and I, um, you know, are, are recording this on a Tuesday night, on the ninth, uh, it's come out in the, the media and online uh, and on the social media that uh, Alexander Pato from Brazil, 31-year-old forward, has been uh, offered um, a contract by Orlando City. Uh, he's out of contract. He had uh, split with Sao Paulo in August of last year, and. We were able to track down through our sources that that is a true rumor that the the offer does uh, exist that uh, the uh, the club has made an offer for the player and the player has until Wednesday. Uh, I'm not sure the time, but they have until uh, you know that's when they're they're going to pull it off the table. So uh, there's a little bit of time, but not much. And so by the time this podcast drops, we may know whether or not Pato is accepting that offer. Um, we're being told that it's not a, it's not like a high level TAM deal. It's not a DP deal. It's something that fits within the club's budget and, uh, and what they had planned to spend. So 
given that, I mean, this is a player that he's had some injury issues in the past, um, but certainly a player who could come in and contribute as a spot starter um, and also, you know, come in off the bench and contribute at at a high level like, uh, you know, Julia Baptista did. You know, we've talked about him a number of times as the type of player that this club could use. Um, Some, you know, some quality off the bench, somebody that can fill in for DK, Daryl DK, when, um, you know, he's on loan. You may not have to yank him back for the start of the season if you if you have a Pato in your you know, in your lineup, and um, he's a quality player. If you can get him cheap, I mean, he's on a free because there's no, he's not currently with anybody, and if you're not paying him, um, you know, TAM-level contract or DP-level contract, I think he's probably worth taking a gamble on. He's he's just that good of a goal scorer. Yeah, and this is exactly the type of signing that, you know, we talked about and you had mentioned uh, when, you know, we were addressing the need up front. Um, you know, they went out and, and, you know, got another young guy, but they, they getting that veteran that can come in and, you know, honestly help with the development of the younger strikers while providing quality, um, either, you know, as a, you know, a spot starter or, you know, coming on late in matches to help finish them off. That's, that's huge. Um, and it's like you say, if, if they can get them for the money we're thinking, then, uh, you know, this is going to be a fantastic deal. Yeah, so it's another guy who could score goals. It's uh, somebody who can, um, you know, he brings a veteran presence. Obviously, the the Brazilian connection is there. He'll be able to speak Portuguese with Nani and Junior Urso and guys like that. Um, yeah. He's a guy who can bring bring along a, a Daryl DK, a Derek Dodson, uh, can learn from him, watching his movement, talking to him, uh, being with him in training every day. Um, it's a player that can come in and make a difference late in games. A guy who can start, like I said, uh, you know, DK's on loan right now. You may not have to bring him back from Barnsley right away uh, if Barnsley needs him. You know, you may be able to, to survive the three or so weeks uh, without him. So uh, this is a, an area that we identified as a need for the team is another striker with, with um, Dom Dwyer parting ways with the club. And, um, you know, knowing that going into the season, you've got basically DK's sophomore season. You know, you always hear about the dreaded sophomore slumps. Um, you don't know what you got in Derek Dodson yet. And um, you, you kind of know what you have in Tesho Akindele, but his, he, you know, has he reached his ceiling with his 10 goal season uh, a couple years ago? Maybe. So here's a guy that you kind of need. You got, you need people to put the ball in the net. I don't think as a, as a soccer team, you can never have enough guys that do that. Yeah, given that the objective is to score goals uh, in order to win matches, I, I, I would agree with that. I think that's a that's some really good insight there. And uh, now it's uh, look, you know, obviously the Brazilian connection, you, you know, makes this uh, when it, when we first heard about it, and obviously you know we we know a little bit more now. But when we first heard about it, that was the thing that kind of tipped me off that maybe there was something to this, um, you know, given given the history of that. But uh, it's. Uh, yeah, it, I, I like this, um, you know, given that the money is, we know that it's not going to be too much. I mean, it's not going to be like a dollar less than, you know, the the max money there or anything like that. So, I mean, it's, it's obviously, I think, going to be a good deal. And, man, if you can get quality players uh, on, you know, on free transfer and, uh, and have it, have it work out like that, golden. 
you know, the main thing is to stay on budget, not get yourself into, um, you know, problems, uh, you know, like we've seen in the past where you get, you get under some bad contracts and you can't get out from under them for a couple of transfer windows. Uh, so this is, this would be a good move. We'll see how it goes. We'll see if Pato, uh, accepts this. And if he does accept the, the offer, then if he comes in and, and works hard and tries to maybe get back, I mean, at 31, he's not terribly old. He still should have some quality in him. He, he played, uh, you know, granted, I don't know that much about the Chinese league, but he tore the heck out of the Chinese league <laughs> not that long ago before um, he returned to Sao Paulo. And um, he's uh, a guy who he he spent like a third of 2019, the 2019-2020 season, he was injured. Um, but when he's healthy, he can put the ball in the net. Uh, this is a guy who's played for AC Milan. He's had gone on loan to Chelsea. He's played for Villarreal. So, you know, a high pedigree uh, player. He's played uh, for the Brazilian national team, Twenty, I think 27 caps, if I recall correctly, um, has scored goals for Brazil. So a, a guy who has quality. Uh, sure, he's been a little bit slowed by injuries. He's a little bit uh, older player, but, uh, you know, certainly a guy who can compete at the MLS level so uh we'll see how it goes we'll see how uh, as far as we're being told the main competitor for his services is a uh, is a team out of Argentina that's not expected to be a contender um I would think that Orlando might be a a more attractive uh, place for him to come and play you know it's a team that should compete um and and be in contention for uh not only playoffs but maybe a deep run in the playoffs and um you know, it's uh, you know, let's hope it all works out. If it does, then I think this is a team that's uh, you know might not be done, but I think they're pretty set going into the season. They didn't need a lot. They didn't part ways with a lot of players this year. Um, they have you know not a whole lot of needs and not a lot of holes in the lineup. So uh, you know, another training camp together, another season together. It's just going to gel even even more. And I like the addition. Uh, this is a guy who can play uh, like a striker position. He can play on on any forward position. So if you're if you're playing a four three three and you need him to play wide, he can do that. So um, we'll see how it goes, and we'll of course uh, report back on it. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Uh, Daryl DK was supposed to uh, potentially make his Barnsley debut on the weekend, but Dave, sometimes it rains in England, and yeah, I've heard. They tell me that, and uh, and sometimes it rains so hard that the pitch is unplayable. Uh, maybe Orlando City needs to send out its grounds crew on loan to Barnsley uh, <laughs> to get a little bit better drainage over there because uh, the pitch was just too waterlogged for him to play on Saturday, for, for the team to play on Saturday. So uh, Daryl has not made, as of this recording, has not made his debut for Barnsley yet. He'll get another opportunity in cup play on Thursday as Barnsley will play Chelsea. Wow, talk about a uh, talk about a debut if he gets out there going up against uh, going against Chelsea. That uh, you know, for somebody like Daryl, that's got to be huge. Um, you know, I, I, you have those moments in your career. You know, when he, his first start and first goal and all that uh, playing against an, an English Premier League team, but well, that would do it, wouldn't it? Yeah, I'm one of the big six clubs there. I mean, that that's I uh, I know that when Daryl got his first minutes for Orlando City he just kind of played a million miles an hour 
uh, wide-eyed, kind of played a little with some nervous energy uh, when he got it on the pitch for the U.S. men's national team. Same thing. Uh, I can't imagine him taking the pitch against Chelsea and doing anything else but playing that same 100 miles an hour when you need to go 95, and uh, and, and we'll see how that goes for him. But uh, we wish him luck, not too much luck, so that they buy him. Uh, although I right. don't think Bar- I don't think Barnsley can afford that price tag anyway, um, so uh, it, it, it will be fun to watch for. I did I did plan on watching that Barnsley game. I had ESPN Plus up ready to go, and then then the the news came that the the game was canceled. So <sighs> you know what what are you gonna do? It was right. not a good it was not a good weekend for me in sports anyway. All my teams were terrible. Um, I, I did not get my way in the Super Bowl. Uh, I, I mean, my weekend was worse than that stupid weekend meme that came out of the Super Bowl on Sunday. Wow, that's that's pretty bad. I yeah. mean, I, I I didn't have much of a, a dog in that hunt when it came to the Super Bowl. I, I kind of my my wife is a Bucks fan, so you know I was, I was nominally rooting for them. But uh, the funniest thing that I've saw was, and I, I don't know where it's at, but there was a video that some people made where they. Uh, they acted like they were Patrick Mahomes and um, running around and just throwing it like between his legs and behind his back. And, and it just hitting. they had filmed it. So it was hitting guys in the head and bouncing off their hands and stuff. And it was hilarious. And it, you know, mainly because it kind of was true. <laughs> well, I got irrationally angry at his receiver uh, who um, I'm sure you'll remember the play, not to get too off on a side tangent, but he had the one where he, he ran around like about 50 yards, ended up, uh, parallel to the ground before he threw the ball, flipped it, and it, it, this tight spiral, it went right through his receiver's hands and hit him in the face mask and fell incomplete at the goal line. And I, I got so angry at this dude. I'm like, do you have any idea what this guy just did to get you the ball in a perfect position to catch it and you can't even just close your hands? <laughs> that was the most amazing thing. And it, I felt so bad for Mahomes because, I mean, he did everything possible given you know what was going on with him but that particular play you're talking about reminded me of uh unnecessary roughness and if he'd only put a little bit more juice on it maybe it would have stuck in the guy's helmet like it did in the in unnecessary roughness <laughs> right or, ne- or necessary roughness. necessary roughness yeah you know I, I think mahomes in that game threw five of the most incredible incomplete passes i've ever seen in my life I would agree with that. And I'm like, I don't understand why you people hate Patrick Mahomes and why you're dropping all of these incredible passes, but you need to stop. Yeah. <laughs> that was, I, I felt bad for the kid. I really, really yeah. did. Yeah. I, and I wonder too, if you, if you switch the two teams offensive lines in this game, how badly do the chiefs just maul the Buccaneers in that game? Oh yeah. Cause because, let's face it, uh, because Brady, Brady ain't getting away <laughs> and getting those passes off. <laughs> no, Brady. I don't think Brady quite has the moves anymore. Not that he ever did. No. All right, so enough of that. Um, last thing I want to touch on with Orlando City uh, is, um, is actually ex-Orlando City because we have learned today that the Pittsburgh Riverhounds have signed defender Alex DeJohn. So congratulations to Alex. He'll be playing uh, in the USL Championship, second-tier uh, U.S. Soccer League. Uh, so hopefully he'll get lots and lots of minutes and uh, and have himself a good season. I think uh, Pittsburgh's got a pretty good organization up there and – uh, you know, he should get the lion's share of the minutes, not uh, no pun intended there. Wait a minute. Now, we usually intend puns. Come on. 
I know, but that's why I clarified that this particular <laughs> pun not intended. So, most puns intended this pun, most decidedly not intended. Very, very happy for Alex uh, getting on. Like you say, the Riverhounds are a good organization uh, in USL, and uh, yeah, he'll obviously he'll do well. I mean, he he's you know was good enough for many years to be uh, MLS. So um, you know, kudos to the guy. To the guy, he's a good dude. Yep. All right, uh, that's all the Orlando City news that I have. Did you have anything you wanted to discuss uh, with regard to the Lions before we move on? Uh, nah, nah, I think we've touched on it. I mean, you know, we're, we're going week to week here, so uh, there's only so much news that we need to hit. And uh, I also, you know, want my prediction from the top to be, uh, to be correct, so. All right, well... Uh, we've got plenty more to get to. We've got to talk about the Orlando Pride. We've got uh, some mailbag to get to. And uh, why don't we get to all of that starting right after this? And we're back. And Dave, we got to talk about the Orlando Pride. You and I, on this very program a week ago, uh, when it was uh, episode 231, now we're on episode 232. But then we were on episode 231, which is the one before 232, if you're scoring at home. And if you are, please stop. Please stop yeah. right now because that's just uh, too too much uh, too much in the weeds on uh, your your mainland podcast uh, tracking. Yep. We're, uh, we're keeping track of it. You don't have to. Yeah. So last week we talked about the fact that there was, there was an unsigned pride player, and that pride player is not unsigned anymore. And that is Sidney LaRue. Sidney LaRue, of course, uh, ruined our podcast by signing early uh, the day that our podcast dropped and uh, ruined it. She's a ruiner. She ruins things. Uh, Podcasts, anyway. And she has – this is a bit of a surprise for me, a player north of 30 signing a three-year contract in the NWSL with an additional option year. This is a – see out your career type of contract. I did not see that coming. I, I mean, in NWSL, this is a max contract and you don't typically see these. You see them every now and then, you know, if you get a Kristen press to sign something like that, you know, that's one thing, although she's an allocated player, but uh, just as an example, somebody of that caliber, um, you know, Sid has, you know, she's, she's got a lot to prove, but obviously Mark Skinner thinks that she's going to prove it because this, this is a kind of contract you don't give somebody unless they're going to be a focal point of your team for the next few years. Absolutely. And then you throw into that uh, everything that we were discussing last week about would she stay or would she go, you know, kind of seeing what's going to go on with her family. Obviously, you know, Dom uh, not being back. And we had positive that maybe if she did sign, you know, maybe Orlando City was going to bring Dom back with the, the news about uh, um uh, Pato uh, potentially coming in. I don't know that that's what's going on anymore, and and that that makes it really really interesting. Um, you know, where does he go? I think that this indicates that they want the family to be here in Orlando. Uh, and okay, awesome, great, uh, love it. Let the kids grow up being, you know, pride and, and lions. But uh, um, yeah, really really interesting kind of throws a little uh little curveball there for us yeah cassius and rue had better already be on the discovery lists of uh <laughs> exactly uh, or, or they're i mean i guess they would be considered academy 
um, you know, uh, region players. Uh, but yeah, they, and I want to clarify this. It's not like, oh, she has to follow her man kind of thing. That's not what we were oh, talking no, about. No, this not. is a, this is a, you know, fairly young family of two small children. And yeah, it, it does kind of matter. Uh, it's not like they haven't played in different cities before because they have, but, um, you know, you would think that before you make that decision, you're going to find out what's going on with, with Dom's career. And she either maybe has a, a better idea of what's going to happen with Dom now, or, um, or maybe it doesn't matter. And, and, and yeah. you know, and, and that was all speculation on our part anyway, but it, we were by no means insisting that she's got to follow her man to wherever he, you know, he works because that's, that's not what we were trying to imply or, or getting at at all. That's, that's, you know, nothing could be further from the truth right now. Obviously, um, Orlando has, has very high hopes for Sydney LaRue and we don't really know where Dom's going to play next or if he's going to play. Uh, at all, maybe hangs him up and uh, and and hangs out and just watches Sid play. Um, you know, I, I always kind of thought he would end up in Minnesota, and maybe he still will. Um, and then the other thing that Dom could do is he can bide his time. If somebody in MLS goes down with an injury, some somebody loses their striker. I mean, there's a pretty good striker sitting there, and you don't have to pay him a transfer fee. So, um, yeah. you know, there's there's probably not a rush on his part. I'm sure he would like to have it settled, but maybe he's already got a pretty good idea where he's going to be, and maybe they as a family know where he'll be and whether that's here or somewhere else uh it was it was certainly something that Sydney wanted to do to come back and I think she's to sign this long of a deal uh speaks volumes about you know where she wants to be and it looks like that's in Orlando playing for Mark Skinner yeah and let me add on on top of what you're saying I mean obviously you know we're not saying anything negative about that situation as a matter of fact I love it. Uh, you know, like you said, Sid has stuff to prove, and I think she wants to. Um, and, you know, that kind of hunger on somebody that's got that kind of experience and that kind of talent, uh, it, it kind of, it's like Nani last year. I mean, you know, he came in and he almost like he had a chip on his shoulder. I, I expect we might see a little bit of the same from, from Sydney. And, and if we've got that, you know, the pride of desperately needed goals and she's the kind of player that can provide them. So I, I'm loving this uh, deal. And, you know, Hey, if, if she wants to finish out her career in Orlando, I'm all for it. Yeah. And I think we saw glimpses in the fall series that she's hungry yep. and, and ready to start contributing some offense. And that was with not a lot of help out there, a lot of young players, a lot of unproven players, a lot of players that, you know, hadn't trained that much with the team. And now, you know, she figures to be on a line, a forward line with Alex Morgan and Marta, uh, with, you know, new midfielders behind her, you know, feeding service into the box. I mean, uh, we, we, we could see a, a, a much better offensive Orlando pride team this year. I still have, some concerns about the back line, but I think that uh, the midfield is much better, which will help with that. Um, I think if Ashland's not, uh, you know, called away to the Olympics, I think you're going to have a, you know, out, you know, one of those standout goalkeepers of the league, you know, back there behind them. So all of that helps. And certainly as our good friend, Adrian Heath always says, goals change games. And if you can actually score some of them, uh, it definitely helps, uh, you know, with, with everything else. So um, Sydney LaRue is in the fold, Dave. And so that would have left only 
Uh, a couple of unsigned players, but of course, um, Camilla had re-signed uh, with, to stay with Palmeiras. So that only left uh, non-roster invitee Erica Timrak as an unsigned player. And Erica Timrak signed a one-year contract with an option year on February 5th. So Erica Timrak has uh, successfully returned from retirement. And uh, she will be in the in the Pride uh, you know, roster, and she will help shore up that midfield we were just talking about yeah exactly and that's that's the type of thing that uh we were looking for i mean obviously we're still looking for some center backs but um you know having her in there once again you know a a player that has the experience um you know there's there's plenty of young players on this uh club that Skinner is trying to, to bring along and, and, you know, he's, he's just looking for the right players to, for the system. I don't think he cares, you know, if they're older, if they're younger, um, he wants the ones that are going to fit in there and, and play the way he wants them to play. And obviously, uh, Tim Rack does that. And so, but, but I would add having her in there with that experience and, and, you know, the, with the addition of, um, of Gunny, then, you know, that's, we're, we're, Addressing needs, and that's really what all we've been looking for this entire offseason. Indeed, and uh, the uh, other player that we talked about not having reported to Pride uh, training camp was Carson Pickett. And Dave, now we know why. Carson Pickett got traded to the North Carolina Courage, and in exchange, the Pride get uh, the rights to English international forward Jody Taylor, He's played for a number of teams. Jody Taylor is uh, sort of on the cusp of that England international side now. I don't think she she did not make the most recent England roster, um, but uh, you know she's a player that if the Pride sign her, that's that's another you know international level striker that the team can add. It's another striker over the age of thirty that the team can add. I guess. Mark Skinner, Ian Fleming, like uh, like thirty plus year old strikers because they got <laughs> they got enough of them. Um, but yeah, this is a, a player that could be gone for the Olympics, probably won't be. And um, you know, but that is all dependent upon whether or not the Pride can can sign Jody Taylor and, and convince her to come here. She's currently with Olympic Lyon, and um, the the bottom line is that Carson Pickett no longer with the Pride and kind of figured to not. Uh, she kind of fell a little bit out of favor, I think, the last season or so. And then, um, you know, probably in 2019, started to fall out of, out of favor, went on loan last year. And, um, you know, now you've got Allie Riley, uh, you've got Courtney Peterson. So, you know, maybe the writing was on the wall. She wasn't going to get a lot of minutes. And, and now she will go uh, with the courage. Yeah. And, you know, I, I wish her luck in in all the times that she doesn't play the pride. So, um, you know, we like Carson, you know, what she brought, not just to the field, but also, you know, her, um, her story, her, her courage, her, everything that, you know, she's dealt with throughout her whole life and, and she'll, she's never one to complain about it, but I mean, she's an inspiration to a lot of young people. And, um, you know, I, I will, I will miss that. She also, she also, did pretty good of delivering, you know, decent crosses in from the left. So I'll miss that too. Yeah. Good ambassador for the team. Uh, but again, I think, um, uh, just a, a numbers game. And, uh, so Orlando has, uh, parted ways with Carson Pickett and, uh, Jody Taylor 
will either sign, and, and that's a decent trade for both sides, or she won't sign, and North Carolina got the, the won the trade, basically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll, we'll have to see how that goes. So it, it's interesting, though, that, um, you know, you think when – when the international breaks come, you're going to lose Alex Morgan. You're going to lose Marta. Um, not going to lose Sydney LaRue just yet, but if she starts to put the ball in the net, you know, there, there might be some reconsideration there. Uh, although the U.S. women's national team looks like it's getting younger now. It's going through a cycle where it's it's bringing along younger players like Emily Fox and uh, Macario up top and that kind of thing. So, um, you know, some of the older players are going to start getting phased out. You're going to start seeing fewer call-ups for Ashlyn Harris, for Allie Krieger. Um Eventually, for Alex Morgan, uh, you know, mm-hmm. we'll we'll see how how that kind of goes. But uh, I expect Alex to be on the um, on the Olympic team, uh, and then beyond that, who knows? Uh, we'll, we'll have to see, you know, where she fits in the plans for the next cycle. Um, maybe just a veteran striker coming off the bench uh, for that next World Cup uh, cycle. But um, you know, and who knows where Alex will be. Uh, club-wise, by that time, we we have no idea. Because right. um, there's some teams coming along in California, and there's a lot of speculation she might, you know, want to want to go finish out her club career at home. Um, so I think that's all of the pride happenings that uh, I had for us to talk about. You got anything else you wanted to discuss? No, I, I look back to see if there's anything else we missed, and I can't find anything. Although I'm sure that uh, you know something will happen. Uh, tomorrow to make us look like you know idiots again so well we don't need anyone's help for that i know Um, that's why it's so infuriating when they do it (laughs) so yeah i mean when alex and marta are out we're probably gonna see um you know mark skinner touched on you know they want to use taylor corniak in an attacking role um he thinks that she'll be very good in the air you know getting crosses out of the air um so maybe she'll be like more of a target nine uh, and play that role when, when Alex isn't there, maybe uh, getting Marissa Vigiano uh, up in the forward line out on the wing. Uh, he likes, you know, she's she's a player that's actually been able to score some goals the last couple of years and, and, and does have a good uh, knack for getting into good spots. So it, it seems like the, the backups to the strikers aren't necessarily the perfect solution at this point, but they could develop and, and, Certainly, I'm interested to see how how Mark Skinner's system works when all of the pieces are actually on the field at the same time. Yeah, that will be nice. Um, I also, you know, kind of looking at it, I'm thinking it'll be nice to have, uh, you know, three or four, you know, what a handful of internationals instead of two handful of internationals go away. Yeah. Um, so we'll we'll have to see how that how that looks. It, it will. You know, you you want to have good players. Then obviously the top players all play for their national teams, but that's a double-edged sword on the club side, especially in a year like this where the NWSL is not planning to take a break for the Olympics. They're going to plan to, to play on through. So, um, and, and you know, with with the pandemic still going on, you never know what can happen with uh, you know games getting pushed and postponed and canceled we've seen it in all these other sports we've seen you know nhl teams have to shut down for a week or two we've seen nba teams have to do it so um college basketball we've seen teams that have shut down for two or three weeks before you know while they cycle through it um it's it's still a thing that we're going through i mean uh yeah people are getting vaccinated my dad just had the first shot uh 
you know, about a week ago and he's getting ready to have his second one. Um, but there's still a long way to go to get this thing under control. Yeah. They haven't called me about mine yet. So, but you know, I guess car sales guys, not very high up on the list. I can't imagine why that's the case. I always hear everybody speak so highly of car salesmen whenever they reference them in any conversation. I know, right? They're <laughs> such nice people. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think that's the context that people talk about them in. I think yeah, so. I, and there's nothing else, no, no need for further discussion. Exactly. All right, Dave. Uh, so I think the only thing we have left to do is to discuss our our listener mail. And there's two ways that people can ask us questions. They can ask us literally anything. You can email us at themainland at gmail.com. And uh, you can hit us up on Twitter. And our Twitter handle is at themainland. And, of course, you use the hashtag AskTMLPC. And that's how you get to ask us anything. It could be about Orlando City, the Orlando Pride. It could be about other soccer themes it could be about things that have nothing to do with soccer that's why we say ask us anything because it could be anything so yeah. i i have a question in the email box i don't know if we have anything on the twitters maybe you can check that while i have I'm, checked i have checked and i'm glad that you have something in the email box because we don't <laughs> have anything on the twitters because uh, I was busy doing the car sales thing today and did not uh, put up a call for uh, questions. So my bad, everybody. That's all right. It's we can blame David Victor again and 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 Ryan Smith. That's right. <laughs> and Spot. Where are you at, Spot? We're gonna blame the guys that always write to us and and not yeah, all of the you know all of the people that never write to us. We don't nah. blame them. We don't. We, no. <laughs> we really blame well, the regulars. It's hard to blame them. We don't know who they are. Yeah, you know who you are. Yeah, you You guys. know. You you know what you did. Yeah. All right, so David Victor actually did write us uh, an email this week and has asked us a question. It says, hello, Michael and Dave. In honor of the Super Bowl this past Sunday, what did you think of the halftime show? And if you were making the decisions, who would you want to be the performer, taking into account relative fame and recognition and their skill as a live performer? So what do you think, Dave? Wow. Um, okay, lots of parts there. Um, I I enjoyed it. Okay, I've never been a big fan of the uh, the the halftime extravaganza during the Super Bowl. To be perfectly honest, almost no matter who's doing it. Um, but I, as far as the weekend goes, um, I do like one of their songs. Kind of. Um, I the things I liked was that um, you know it was. It was almost social distancing a little bit, except for when, you know, the 100 guys in the weird face masks all got together. But once again, wearing masks, so uh, kind of cool there. My, my, th the thing I like best about it is a lot of the reactions that I've seen online to it. And I'm not even talking about the memes. I'm talking about some other stuff that I won't get into, but it's, it's stuff that's made me personally laugh. Um and then as far as who I would like to see, man, I'm old and I like old bands. And uh, so I don't know that any of them want to do that anymore. Um, and if they do, I don't know that the NFL or anybody wants them to do it. So, you know, I, I'd be good with, uh, you know, let's see, uh, Foo Fighters going out there and Dave Grohl just 
doing Dave Grohl things because um, he's a fantastic guy. Um, yeah, that I, I'll go with Foo Fighters just because mainly because I watched. I don't know if you ever saw that Nandi thing where the it was that little girl that challenged Dave Grohl to a uh, a drum battle. Uh, but she is utterly fantastic and his reaction and everything that he did to that, uh, speaks to his character. So I'm going to reward him as I'm sure he's listening with my pick for being a halftime show at the Super Bowl. Yes. Dave Grohl is a, a well-known, uh, regular listener to the, uh, mainland podcast, which come on, Dave Grohl, send us an ask us anything question, right? Uh, it's about time. Um, all right. So. David Victor, let me tell you, I did not watch the halftime show. In fact, I made a specific appointment to not watch this particular halftime show, as, as I often do with the Super Bowl. Not because I have a problem with extravaganzas, but because the artists that are generally chosen are nowhere near in my wheelhouse. And this is no exception. This is a, 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 a person from Canada who goes by the weakened... Not even weekend. There's no second. There's no extra e in there. It's weekend, which irritates the crap out of me right there. Um, not a fan of the music. The meme absolutely makes me want to kill people with my bare hands. Um, I, I don't know why that became a meme, but you know how some memes are like just terrible from the get go. That's the worst one I've ever seen. Uh, I actually kind of got into the Bernie ones, and of course crying jordan will never get old um for me but uh but those are awful and um you know if you have yet to make a weekend meme uh just don't just don't do it just don't do it um there's so many other ones you can use (laughs) anyway uh so yeah i i had no desire to see uh this one at all um as for you know what i would look for first of all i'd have to go through the nfl's um demographics because the, the, really what they should be doing is appealing to their widest audience and i know the super bowl is a little bit different than the typical nfl fan because kind of it's a it's an event people tune in that don't normally tune into nfl games uh so there's that aspect of it um but you know i i, I say go i always say go big and go sort of globally recognized icon whenever you can and i don't know that the weekend <laughs> emphasis on week w-e-a-k uh fits that mold um so you know if it were up to me actually i would put out people that are really talented that no one knows who they are and get them exposure because that's the kind of guy i am i want people that uh you know are are not well known that are really super talented to get well known and and you know, reap the rewards for all that talent. And uh, so I would be giving you, you know, I, I mean, I think some people are starting to kind of know who Steven Wilson is. I think he'd be fantastic. Uh, just came out with a, a very interesting new album. Um, so he would be a good person to have. And uh, of course, you know, back in his heyday with Porcupine Tree, I would have loved that. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I don't know. Most of the people I would I would say nobody would know who they were or or just a a very select niche would know who they are. So there you go, guys. You asked uh, asked two older guys who don't usually watch a halftime show 
uh, of the Super Bowl, what they thought of the halftime show of the Super Bowl, and who they'd like to see. <laughs> yeah, Foo Fighters is is like that's a that's the type of band that you you know I would think of when you think of you know like sort of globally recognized, well known bands. I, I think that they would probably knock it out of the park. Um, uh, I think they would absolutely kill it. But yeah, yeah. So I mean, that would be a good that would be a good pick. Um, but yeah, I, I I don't know if David Victor is a weekend fan or not. Um, I'm not. When they when they it's, it's sort of one of those things where it's like, oh, and tune in for the weekend, and I'm like, nah, nah. I well, think so. I, I didn't even know who was doing the halftime show because once again, I, I don't care about the halftime show typically. Um, and are you flipping so, over to the Puppy Bowl? <laughs> I in the past, I've absolutely flipped over to the Puppy Bowl. I've I've absolutely done that in the past. This time, I didn't because uh, you know, frankly, I was being lazy. But um, you know. When they said who it was, I was like, all right, I, I don't know who that is. And then the one song came out. I'm like, OK, I, I remember that song, like just hearing it, whether it was one of my kids played it or something or my wife on the radio. I had I, heard that song before. Didn't know the words, didn't know any of the other songs <laughs> that he did. But, you know, I had I, I had fun looking at the pretty pictures on the, the television and the, you know, 100 weird people with the masks. And and I moved on. Yeah, I mean, I'm just I'm not into like the, the 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 Katy Perrys and the the, the Lady Gagas and the, you know the types of people that they would have on these these halftime shows and it's just not my thing and that's fine if it's your thing I'm not going to judge you I, I'm not going to judge people for having terrible taste in music I'm just gonna <laughs> I'm just gonna let you be I'm just gonna let you wallow in your awfulness that's just and... the, that's how magnanimous I am about the whole situation. Yeah, and we're talking about a guy whose entire uh, personal newsletter is about music. Um, so, <laughs> if you, if Michael has no problem putting his thoughts about music out there, and it's available for you to uh, read uh, whenever you like. Correct. Um, yes, this segment brought to you by Michael's Record Collection <laughs> on Substack. Uh, okay, so thank you for the question, David Victor. Appreciate it. Um, you know, I, I'm so far behind. I haven't even listened to Paul McCartney three yet. That's how far behind I am on my list. I haven't listened to the new Food Fighters yet. Um, yeah, but that's that's part of the problem too. When you're doing music newsletter, you're usually I'm preparing for an interview. Like I actually have one coming up, and so I'm listening like repeatedly to something that's new, trying to digest it before I talk to the artist about the music that I'm. You know, so I I, I don't come across like a total idiot i have to have some basis of knowledge for the interview so that kind of eats into my time of, of listening to some of the things that i want to listen to for pleasure or um you know that i, I want to get around to so my my listening my to listen pile is like a lot of people's uh, book books to read list which you know it's like oh i'll never catch up with it and um i did a radio show on the internet for 10 years and that's kind of why i stopped doing it, it was like I don't have time to digest everything and I'm and it's frustrating for me because I used to do like year end awards I'd used to give out awards at the end of the year uh, do like an award show best of of each individual year and then it got to the point where it's like there's just too many people are sending me stuff and I, I feel like I feel like I can't really judge everything unless I listen to everything and I can't give one thing an award when there's like all these 50 things that I haven't heard yet and it just became a big uh source of stress and i 
I try to cut sources of stress out of my life. And I've managed to do that with everything except the mainland.com. Knowing you as well <laughs> as I do, I I can see why you would have cut out that yearly awards thing. Uh, like I say, just knowing you as well as I do. Uh, I'm kind of the same way with podcasts and television shows. And I know you are that way with podcasts and television shows also. Um, and my commute is so short that you know, it takes me three days to listen to one podcast. Um, or, or I should say I can make one podcast last for three days. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, I've had to, I've had to take the, the, the burden of feeling guilty in regards to not seeing certain shows or anything like that, you know, off of, off of my plate. Cause I just, there's, I got too much other stuff to do, man. I'm going <laughs> camping soon. You know, I'm going to yeah. get out in the woods. I know the, uh, when there, there was a, a time a couple of years ago where there's so much stuff on my DVR that I was just like, I actually got happy when shows that I watched got canceled. It's like, Oh, thank God. There's one less that I have to, <laughs> it was like, and then, Oh, one division's only half an hour. Oh, thank God. <laughs> like, right. <laughs> I can, I have, I don't have to spend a lot of time on it. Uh, cause just, yeah, there's just not enough, there's not enough years in your life. There's not enough hours in the day and days in the year to get, Every to everything that I want to do, plus you know, actually live a life. So, yeah. and like here, I'm saying that on a podcast that I'm not getting paid to do. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> All right, David Victor, uh... thanks for asking the question. Now I'm depressed. You can ask us anything two different ways. You can email us themainland at gmail dot com. Make sure you put the word the at the beginning and spell Maine like a lion's mane. M A N E, themainland at gmail dot com, or hit us up on Twitter at themainland with the hashtag AskTMLPC. Uh, we'll hopefully get some Twitter ones next week. We didn't get any this week, uh, just the one email. So I think that concludes our business this week, Dave, uh, unless there's anything else that I missed. The only thing that I would I would want to know is, uh, I know that you're depressed after that, but is anybody <laughs> lifted my spirits this week and provided a... Uh, review uh, through Apple for us uh, through iTunes. I would I would dearly love for that to you know happen and send us out on a good note. And um, I, I I'm not hopeful, but man, it, it would be sweet if it happened. We are still on 56 ratings, a 5.0 out of five average. And our last uh, five-star review came in on November 28th from Garrett MK. So no new five-star reviews. You can go to iTunes and make Dave's week. That's right. By leaving a five-star rating and a review. If you do that, we'll read your review on the air. And you can say, you know, nice things about the weekend if you want. uh, And tell us how wrong we are. But really not wrong. Not wrong. Um, so much disposable music these days, uh, and that's some of it. But you know, uh, again, I'm not going to judge you for terrible taste in music. I'm not going to judge you for that. Uh, it, it's you know, I'm my wife kind of says that I'm like the guys in the the record store in the movie High Fidelity. Okay, I get that reference. Yes, uh, I don't think that anybody <laughs> that knows who The Weeknd is 
we'll get that reference. Yeah, it's but. a John Cusack movie. You can probably stream it on any one of a number of a dozen services. And um, it's a great movie, by the way. So it's a fantastic movie. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I would I would recommend that one. And um, I think she has some validity to that statement. Um, oh yeah, no, I, uh, I would agree with that. I'm a little bit of a music snob, and I think everybody is uh, of. There's two kinds of music fans i think there are, there are music snobs and that could be any for any genre and there's people that just kind of consume it without really even thinking about it and i think that like with the the now that we're in the age of streaming and where we're in the age of albums don't really matter to most people i think that there's a lot of people who are just like yeah just consumers just like whatever um i i think that there's my my biggest not my biggest uh, problem with the modern day. The the thing that makes me one of the things that makes me most sad is that my kids will never know the joy of going through a record store without any particular thing to do, without looking for anything in particular, just browsing because that's one of the all time great pleasures that uh, our generation had. Yeah. Yeah, that and uh, scamming Columbia House uh, out of uh, a bunch of tapes, you know, for a penny, um, and then uh, no, but you're you're right. The uh, finding the album and or you know, it, a lot of times what would happen is is you would hear a song on the radio, and they would tell you who it was, and you couldn't go buy that song. You had to buy the album for that song. And you would do that, and then you had the joy of discovering what else hadn't gotten on the radio yet. And a lot of times, that was some of the absolute best stuff. So, I mm-hmm. mean, that that is, I'll agree with you, that, that is something I definitely think is, is missing nowadays. And, and, and before, like, the same five companies bought all the radio stations, right. you, you had... DJs with personalities and they would play whatever they liked at any, yeah. you know, like all weird hours of night. The later you were up at night, the more likely you, it would be for somebody to just go, you know what? I'm going to play side two of this record. And you'd be like, Oh wow. Well, let's check this out. <laughs> and it, you would hear the most amazing stuff. And it would be like, it, you know, some of those FM DJs would play like a country song and then a, funk tune and then you know disco and then rock you know hard rock and it was like there was no there was no like homogenization there was no like you know we're gonna we're gonna drill down and and give you this thing that we know you like and we're just gonna keep giving it to you it was just whatever it was like a free-for-all it was the wild west baby (laughs) so yeah uh yeah you have uh you have wandered into uh, back in my day, radio. <laughs> so welcome to our program. We have now taken over for the Mainland Podcast. <laughs> I think with that, we should probably just cut our losses and get out of here and call it a, a day here with episode number 232 of the Mainland Podcast. Dave, again, unless you have something else you want to discuss. No, I, I agree. We should do our listeners a favor and just go ahead and stop <laughs> just, right now. Just, guys, just stop, please. I'm begging you. <laughs> This is like the weekend meme. Just stop. Make it stop. <laughs> uh, all right. So we'll be back either next week or the week after. Like I said, we're going to we're gonna try to keep this going. As long as there's news, we'll we'll come back and report on it. And if, uh, if there's not that much, we'll just save it for an additional week and we'll come back. Uh, we know uh, 
the pride are training very hard and they're preparing for their challenge cup and then their nwsl season um you know we are now at the point where the the u.s players are are gone to the she believes uh, camp and that kind of thing so you know it's mark skinner again is going like where's all my players again uh i thought <laughs> i had them now but you know didn't doesn't no. have all of them so yeah marta and alex uh gone and the canadians jordan listro and and aaron mcleod went to, to to a pre-camp for uh team canada uh but they're in training the you know the mls guys will be in training soon you know at least probably first week of next month is what we're hearing we should hear more on that later uh we should be getting a schedule here in the next couple weeks and uh i think that um you know, we're going to have some stuff to report on. So, uh, of course, you know, if there's enough to come back to next week, we'll do that next week. If not, we'll do it in two weeks. Um, but we'll, we'll know one way or another on Pato uh, by next week. So I don't know if that'll be enough for a whole show, but we'll see how it goes. Absolutely. Uh, Dave, we can find you on Twitter, obviously, at Mainland Dave. Me on Twitter, Mainland Michael. At Mainland Michael, that's me. At the Mainland is our website, uh, Twitter, and uh, you know it's it's a little bit newsy, it's a little bit snarky, it's a little bit fun. I think you'll enjoy it if you if you if you do the Twitter thing. Uh, of course, you can like us on Facebook. Everything we post on our site goes on the Facebook as well, so you don't have to directly go to the website. You can just click on it on Facebook and pop it open and read there, uh, and uh, you know. Read our stuff at themainland.com. Leave us that five-star rating on iTunes, and we'll read it on the air. And, uh, you know, if you want to hear more about my ramblings on music, you can go to substack.com and just type in Michael's Record Collection. I should pop up, and you can, uh, you can subscribe for free. Uh, for now, we're doing free signups. Maybe it's something that will have uh, a, a growth period where there might be some additional content uh, behind a paywall at some point, but it will always be free in some format. So there, this episode of the Mainland Podcast brought to you by Michael's Record Collection. <laughs> I love it. We now have a sponsor. All right, so that will do it for episode 232. Only thing left to say is the thing we always say at the end, which is go city, go pride, go OCB.